Broadcasting live to the world. Now, it's Sheila Zielinski. Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, end-time watchwoman, Sheila Zielinski. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zielinski Show for this Tuesday, January 12th. Folks, if you have not listen to yesterday's show with Dave Hodges and I, Oregon Uncut, Ammon Bundy tells his side of the story, the story that the media is not telling you. There's a lot of folks in the Patriot Circle saying what they're doing is unlawful. But what do you do when government is running roughshod over the citizenry, using overreach, using abuse of power ubiquitously? Who's the lawless one here? The litany of egregious overreach is out of control. So finally, Ammon Bundy breaks the silence and the media sure spinning that story. So do go to YouTube, sign up for my YouTube channel and do listen to that interview. Again, Ammon Bundy and the Oregon situation. We're sure being told a lot of things, a lot of very odd things. So do go back and listen to that. There's also a way that you guys can support his efforts, all those militia members. And there's a lot more militias there than the mainstream talking bobbleheads are reporting. Very disconcerting indeed. So do go back and listen to that show. It's on YouTube. It's on Podomatic, the podcast. And it's also linked there on the show archives. And just a reminder, at the top of my website, weekendvigilante.com, there is a new button. It's called Listen. Click on that, and there's a litany of ways to listen. And, of course, it's exciting. The Friday call-in show, that's for you, the listener. We heard what you said in our survey. We have that available now. Friday is a call-in show. What you say matters. Without my listening audience, I wouldn't have a show. So I'm trying to make things easier, including one of the amazing things that I have coming out next week. Well, I keep being told that it's ready every week. (laughs) This is a daunting process to get an app approved by smart device people such as Apple. It's been a long process, but because it's customized, it's not a simple procedure. You're going to love that app when it is ready. I'm told it might be ready this week, but to not hold my breath. So we're going to have a great graphic on the website. And again, every day. Monday to Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, you can hear my show. And the nice thing about the show now is it can be anywhere from half an hour. I might have two guests on. I might have a full hour, depending on what is happening. So it's going to be pretty flexible, and it's going to be very easy to listen to, and you're not going to be inundated by advertisements and infomercials. It's just uncensored, unbiased, full show for you, the listener. So that's very exciting. So those are some new ways that we're trying to improve your listening experience. And finally, a lot of people wanted me to go back to blog talk. They just find it easier for the downloads. They're used to it. Plus, it has the call-in number. So people can listen in by phone for those in remote areas that can't always access computers. So we have a call-in number that's also up there. And Friday, I'm just really looking forward to interacting with you on Friday. You can comment, weigh in, ask advice, and I'll even have occasional guests come by Friday and you can ask them whatever you want. Sometimes I'll have a guest for the half an hour and then open up the phone lines. Other times I'll open the phone lines wide open. So very exciting changes coming, all tailored with you, the listener in mind. And speaking of you, the listener and fantastic shows, today's show is no exception. My guest today is the one and only, the renowned, highly acclaimed researcher and watchman Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com. And we're going to get into his new book, Empire Beneath the Ice, 
I've read it. It's an incredible compilation. And what is so stunning, Steve, to me is that there is these Hitler rising headlines everywhere. The release of Mein Kampf, the History Channel hunting Hitler series. Every day is like a nature hike through the Third Reich there. That rhymes. Welcome to the program, Steve. Pleasure to have you on today. Well, thank you, Sheila. And what's interesting is only, and I say this to the glory of God, only the Lord could have had me writing this eight months before these stories started breaking. Yeah. It's been my contention, and, and, and you know, uh, a man has nothing except he receive it from above, and, uh, you know, the answer to my critics is simply this, where were they 25 years ago, where were they now? The reason this is so important is because the Third Reich was based around total occultism. It didn't matter if it was Aleister Crowley, it didn't matter all of the most famous evil people in history. The Third Reich was a total expression of hidden, demonic, satanic uh, knowledge that they wanted to harness for the ultimate, if you will, Aryan race. And for the record, the Aryan race was nothing more than the time of giants that ruled the world and obviously the fallen angels. So with all the eugenics programs that Hitler undertook, with uh, Planned Parenthood being the poster child of uh, racial purity and the whole uh, controlling a society to get your blonde-haired, blue-eyed people, what you're seeing right now is a technologically advanced version of that. And you know, Sheila, with the hunt for Hitler on the uh, History Channel, that's probably one of the most well-funded and most dollars spent on any documentary that I would know of. Because, you know, just doing a couple documentary films myself, I know that, that you're, you know, you're in the hundreds of thousands just for one episode. So the point being is, is that when you, when you talk about Hitler, let's just deal with his death in the bunker. Eisenhower said no evidence whatsoever. Stalin's nightmare, Stalin absolutely became obsessed, and there was no uh, Soviet intelligence at that time that could even begin to state that Hitler had died. Dr. Mengele obviously escapes to Argentina, Brazil. He has a whole town in Brazil with a hundred uh, sets of twins, which is 10% of the population. We see the absolute ascendancy in the United States of America, and this is something people don't understand. All the captains of the aerospace industries, whether it was Bell Aerospace, uh, Dr. Werner von Braun heading up NASA, there are so many names, and we can't do them all in this uh, hour show, Sheila, but the point being is, is that the Nazis understood early on, even before uh, Hitler's rise to power uh, the strange mechanics of a lot of uh, very sophisticated atomic physics. So it's interesting that during uh, the period 1946 and 47, the United States actually went to war with the Germans in the uh, South Antarctic Sea, and the point is it was called Operation High Jump, and we got our butts kicked. It was headed up by Admiral Byrd. Uh, it was overseen literally by the president himself, and it was fascinating that even uh, Secretary of Defense Forrestal, who was the first Secretary of Defense by that name, was thrown out a window at the Bethesda Navy Hospital. And you know what he wanted to do? He wanted to come clean with the American people about what was really going on. So just as uh, never letting a good crisis go to waste, the U.S. military recognized that by incorporating the Nazi war machine and the intelligence apparatus, they could get a heads up at what that time obviously was the next threat was the Soviet Union. So Operation High Jump was an interesting undertaking, and it's fascinating that even the Russians put out a documentary, I'm sure you've seen it, where uh, the planes that we launched from the aircraft carrier that was down there after the official end of World War II, meaning down in the Antarctic, basically we lost planes, and Admiral Byrd talked about the greatest threat would be from uh, aircraft that could go from pole to pole in a matter of minutes. In my book, and you know, people don't, how do I say this? They don't want to spend the time, and it's a safe thing to say that in the research, you can see all the patents the Germans had. You can see some of the astronomically high speeds they were able to achieve. So what's interesting, Sheila, is the Nazi technological advances they made. And my basic premise is it was the evil that came through the stargates 
that basically gave to the Nazis the ultimate technology that would be used in the devil's final end-time play to, to destroy the seed of man, that which God had created. Well, you said so much there, and I so agree with what you said, Steve. In 2014, a USA executive order declassified over 700 pages of secret FBI documents revealing that the U.S. government was investigating Adolf Hitler's whereabouts just months after he died. Bob Baer, a former top-level CIA operative, he actually reopened something like a 75-year-old case. So now you mentioned Admiral Byrd and that ill-fated operation. Now, what's really interesting about this, and this is why your book is so incredible, the cornucopia of bunkers and miles of tunnels and ubiquitous network of sealed until now secret underground subterranean mishmash. I mean, it's mind-boggling. And then, of course, you get into the ill-fated Operation High Jump, as you touched on. I mean, it's so fascinating what Admiral Byrd was doing with that expedition. You've got this enemy aircraft capable of violating American airspace with ease. I mean, how do you do that in the 1930s? Well, you don't. And the the thing that's interesting, Sheila, I have uh, actually, uh, and I don't recommend people see this because, you know, I mean, they can go and look at the first part, but in the motion picture, Hellboy, Hellboy is obviously about the Nazi genetic experiments, and there's an opening scene where a very sinister, if you will, the the sinister Boris guy and Natasha, and they're not lovely people, uh, he goes through a stargate. And I actually had multi-star generals and multiple ones tell me that that German technology did exist even back at the beginning of the war. So the technology of stargates is very, very real. Now, I don't pay a lot of attention to certain, you know, publications by uh, uh, insiders. I don't even want to name her because she and I are nemesises. But even today, uh, the, the, the rumor coming out of Russia is, is that Putin is very concerned with CERN because, again, CERN and its whole, uh, the collider is opening portals and doors, and you've probably seen and talked about it, but I put up on my website, others have too, the strange anomalies in the atmosphere. Well, people, you've got to learn that the Bible says specifically that Satan is a prince and power of the air. And, you know, what's fascinating to me, Sheila, is why people say, well, what does all this have to do with Jesus? And, and, <laughs> and I'm not mocking the name of the Lord. They basically do. And why don't you just tell people to get saved? It's because the people that are getting saved are coming out of a world where a Christian and Christians are speaking into that world truth. You know, Jesus said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The preface to that is, if you abide in his word, and his word abides in you. Someone asked me, well, how do you know all this stuff? The answer is, I couldn't, unless either someone told me or God told me. It's kind of interesting, Sheila, because here's the thing. It's not a self-defense statement, but the scriptures have been my guiding light. The, the Word of God has been the, I guess you'd say, the foundation for everything I write about, and no one can know the future to the degree that God obviously does. He created everything, but it's fascinating that all this stuff is unfolding now. So when we're talking about Operation High Jump, and all this stuff is detailed in the book, or New Schwabenland, the idea that that the Germans pretty much flagged all the Antarctic, not all of it, but a majority of it, for uh, Germany, you know, in the late 20s is probably lost to most people. The idea that Hitler escaped the bunker is absolutely uh, real. Uh, uh, how do you say this? The massive amount of detective work that Bear and other in the Hunt for Hitler team has done, tracking Hitler to Spain, tracking him to the Canary Islands, tracking him all the way down to Argentina. I'm getting reports, Sheila, and for the record, this is the uh, 12th of January, 2016. I'm getting reports from people who are in Argentina, who are in Brazil, who are in Bolivia, of their grandfathers telling them the stories of encountering, encountering Hitler. The part that most people have a hard time with is the fact that the Nazis built an under-the-ice base that's just vast in size. It's tropical, and even, you know, fascinating, uh, we've talked about 
over the years, Hollywood always prepping, there was a series of actual uh, science fiction movies with Doug McClure. He was a blonde guy that played Trampus on The Virginian. But they went under Nazi, they, they, you know, he was a U.S. sailor. They get captured. They go in a German U-boat, and they go into this land that time forgot. And basically, it's a tropical paradise. Well, the Antarctic is probably one of the most uh, enigmatic continents in the world because it wasn't always covered with ice like it is now. So when you start talking about uh, bases existing, that people know nothing about. We've talked about Richard Souter wrote a book on underground uh, bases, hidden cities. But, you know, as I was doing this, Sheila, and we, we had talked last week about me coming on with you, I got a call from a certain individual. And this is to prove that this kind of stuff can exist. He said, underneath the United States, there's a vast series of underground cities. He said the highway system is 100 yards wide. This is a military driver. And listen to this. He said they have different levels where the whole 18-wheeler will go on an elevator and go down. He said the truck drivers are never allowed to get out of their trucks. They back their trucks into the unloading or loading terminal. They have, like, if you will, a, a, a 100 yards. That's 300 feet. The underground cities have vast ventilation systems that literally suck all the exhaust smoke and everything out. And this guy was just talking to a, a gentleman I knew casually. Well, why that's critical is because uh, if you've watched The Hunt for Hitler, we see, and have you seen that personally? Yes, Steve, I have personally seen that series. I yep. have. Yeah, it's, it's so well done. And you even mentioned a minute ago, Hitler was hung up on bunkers and tunnels, okay? And the tunneling systems that the Nazis possessed, even the Canary Islands, are mind-boggling. And then you go into Argentina, and you see the bunkers that are in the most obscure parts of uh, up rivers in Argentina where Hitler was uh, known to have stayed. There is no doubt, there is no doubt, Sheila, that Hitler escaped. Now, saying that, the subtitle of my book, Empire Beneath the Ice, How the uh, Nazis Won World War II, is it's obvious if they controlled banking, if they controlled technology like they did, if they basically controlled an intelligence apparatus that was uh, largely responsible for the model for the OSS, which became obviously the CIA after that, then we've got something that we can really talk about. And by the way, Operation Paperclip was just one of about a half a dozen to a dozen programs. What they did is integrate, they meaning U.S. Uh, military, and then as you know, that a lot of the stuff went on beyond the eyes of the president. I think, you know, you probably followed that pretty clearly in my book. So the, the issue at that point was how to get all the Nazi scientists, how to get all the Nazi bioengineers, chemical weapons guys, how to get their intelligence apparatus into the United States without the president at that time said you cannot have uh, any Nazis that were actively involved in the camps coming in, well, so the death camps. So the point being is they gave them all new identities, gave them all uh, new jobs, and inserted them into mainstream America. And one of the fascinating things is it was Dr. Werner von Braun, who, you know, is a pretty amazing guy, I mean, a very unusual guy, that headed up Nassau. And it was Walt Disney that pretty much sold Dr. Werner von Braun to the public in America. Didn't you find that fascinating? Very fascinating. Well, you know, again, it's just helly weird minions that are throwing out these over themes. Again, like Disney, we covered that in Little Creatures, that he was very deep into the occult, the, you know, whether it's the Sorcerer's Stone or Maleficent. I mean, there's a real overtone with good old 33-degree high-ranking Freemason, Mr. Disney. But what's interesting, there's rumors that they had cloned both Disney and Hitler. So it's fascinating, again, the lengths of the deep cover-up, the covert operations, the rewriting history and expunging names. And you look at the extensive Nazi Party membership, Steve, even in Operation Paperclip. Now, you mentioned Operation High Jump. That was probably the most extensive Antarctica expedition ever. And then, of course, you touched on advanced technologies. I guess the big question is, how do you build an empire 
Under the Ice, which is so fascinating. That's what your book's called. You mentioned New Swab and Land, which, and I, it reminded me of you and Alberino. You know, when you're digging for artifacts, the, the extensive cover-up is frightening for the findings. And so you talk about this discovery in the Baltic, To You just mentioned something really fascinating. And then we're going to get into Dr. Death. Joseph Mengele, I mean, the diabolical eugenic sterilization. You talked about Margaret Sanger. She was a eugenicist-loving demon who, folks, by the way, if you never heard that name, she is the head of Planned Parenthood, the good old selling baby body parts. So the links, Steve, between DNA, genetics, eugenics, abortion... I mean, even a team of Chinese geneticists have analyzed the DNA, as your book so well covers carbon tests, 4,000 years old. You get into these Tibetan red-haired giants, Mengele fascinated with dwarfs and giants, anomalies. It's just so fascinating what you've covered here, Steve. Well, I think, too, you know, one of the things people, and I, I, I want to say this, not being kind but truthful, you know, when people do the research, the comment that I was get well, I don't feel that could be true. Feelings have nothing to do with it. You don't know what you're talking about. Once you start to look at the footnotes, once you see Admiral Byrd after his expedition, now fascinating, and, you, and this is where people really have a hard time, is when you get into the hollow earth, well, this would make the flat earth people melt down. The point being is, is that uh, even recently, Sheila, a new uh, satellite showed again the opening in the North Pole. Yeah. And, and Bird, you know, was put on the shelf after uh, talking openly about the uh, airships that could travel so fast. And one of the most contested theories, and it's not even a theory, but Admiral Bird was not a flake. He's one of the most famous Arctic and Antarctic explorers in the world. They also talked about when they went to the North Pole, you saw this quoted before, the most famous guy said as they got closer to what they believed to be the North Pole, things got warmer, and they saw birds flying further north. And so, you know, what was interesting to me until birds plane was, and, and see again, Star Trek technology, tractor beamed in, and wasn't it fascinating, Sheila, the evidence brought out is Admiral Byrd is presented with some amazing statements from basically the king of the center of the earth, and people don't get it. Why is it that all of those guys who are in the center of the earth are talking about, here you go, advanced technology, uh, what people saw, the pilots saw, the Foo Fighters, all of the different saucers, which I, I do a horrible job pronouncing German names, but the, the issue that people can't deny is one of America's top admirals, who is one of America's most famous explorers, basically was put on the shelf after he talked about this. Now, you asked me a question. How can you build an empire beneath the ice? Well, it's real simple. Most people don't understand that prior to the end of what I call official World War II, the German industrials and bankers realized that the plan they had could not be implemented at that time for world takeover domination of the Aryan race. So they started to move in giant transports, and most people always look at U-boats, Say, so look at how dinky they were. Most uh, astonishing to me in my research was the fact that the Germans actually had submarines the size of aircraft carriers that were not designed for war, but were designed to move men, equipment, and materiel. Uh, years ago, when I did a coast-to-coast -coast show on genetic Armageddon, I think that was written 10 years ago, which I had just yeah, maybe a chapter, 20 pages on Operation High Jump, I got a phone call from Admiral Donitz. Donitz is a guy who became the Fuhrer of Germany, D-O-N-I-T-Z. Yeah. His great-great-grandson telling me, you're the only guy that knows what my grandfather knew. Now, I'm not the only guy, but that was talking about the radio at that time. And basically, Donuts, basically, his statement was, the world is not yet ready for what we know to be released on them. So, you know, one of the neat things about talk radio, and you know this, that you'll say something or have a guest or whatever, and then someone will respond to you. And this is what's been a blessing to me, and it's been a blessing to you, is that people who know 
a lot of them want to clear their consciences before they die, you know? Yeah. And for the record, when people say it's impossible to keep uh, secrets like that, are you kidding me? Look at how long they lied to us about Mars, you know? Look at how long they lied about the moon. Look at how long they lied about this, lied about that. So when Jesus said the whole world lies in the evil one, uh, obviously that's the whole world. It's not just the mainstream media. It's not just mainstream politics and, and politicians, but it's the whole world. So I believe that it's God's intent prior to the return of Jesus Christ. If he's going to reveal the sins of the leaders, and I believe this is happening right now, and I believe this book is one uh, you know, aspect of it. Uh, and if you understood, I'm not saying you, uh, Sheila, I'm using that uh, as, as a cover statement. If, if you understood as a general population, say, of America and Canada, United States and Canada, and that everything you've been told is a lie, there would be a total, well, at one point there would have been a meltdown. Now there would just be a yawn, you know, basically a burp and maybe some other sound. But the point is, is that th th people would think they're inside a video game, okay? And it's my contention that the reason video games were developed is to tell truth, but to divorce people from reality and put them into a virtual world. So, you know, if you look up the Manhattan Project, that was kept incredibly secret, even though there were hundreds and hundreds of people involved in it. General Groves, who was a military general, had, you know, that thing tightened up, and most people didn't even know it until after it was officially announced. Now, obviously, there were sectors in the economy, but again, the secrets, it's, it's like uh, TR3Bs. Uh, Tango Romeo 3 Bravos. Those are the triangular shaped craft you see in the skies. They've got three lights uh, on the intersecting angles and all of a sudden the lights go really bright and then you get an orb. Well, all that stuff is, is basically advanced Nazi technology. And uh, the, the fascinating thing to me about this is simply that now we're seeing, and again, whether the source is accurate or not, we're seeing sources claiming that Putin has told the West to shut down CERN. And if they don't, he'll shut it down. And now the rumors are that some of the hidden Nazi technology back in the uh, now mid-40s was hidden away, and now that the people have made contact with it, found it, and activated I'm talking about Nazi technology, now we're seeing all the extreme weathers, we're seeing all the extreme earthquakes. So here's the thing. Even the Russians, Vladimir Zirinovsky talked about some of their advanced physics. You know, he, he was Matt Vlad, probably prominent about 15 years ago. But they had a weapon they claimed that they could broadcast through the Earth and split the Earth if they wanted to, based on resonance, etc. Well, God won't let them do that because the Lord is in control. But the technology of creating tsunami weapons, all this stuff, by the way, the Nazis had already dialed in. Isn't that amazing? So when King Solomon says there's nothing new under the sun, there's nothing new under the black sun. Black Sun was a secret organization called Schwarzensonen, and it was the SS. And a lot of people try and make the SS mean something other than Schwarzensonen. That means Black Sun, okay? Interestingly enough, even David Bowie, before his passing, was talking about Black Star. So the point that is critical for people to understand is this, that it's not enough for a book to tell you what happened, and here's the reason why. It's what's going to be the outcome of that. And I think that's the critical thing that uh, I'm dealing with because in this book, and i got to tell you, Sheila, I've never seen the response to any book I've written this fast, people going, wow. And the reason it's wow is because it's timely. It's like a time lock on a bank. When the time lock hits the point at which you're allowed access to the vault, then it opens. And I've got to share this with you. I have a lot of non-Christians reading this book, and obviously everyone should know this, that my book is, a, is, is always, every single book I write is a witness and a testimony of Jesus Christ. Is that not true? That is true, and i got to share something personal with you. One of my son's friends actually came to the Lord through your book. So it's amazing how God uses your writing, and particularly what I like about your book, Steve, is that it really transcends the age factor. You know, any kid from nine to 90 
would really appreciate your style of writing. And so many kids nowadays, I mean, we have a culture of youth that are playing these New World Order Nazi killing games on Xbox, PlayStation. I mean, so much of our young people are getting absolutely saturated with this Marvel Comics, Captain America talking about Operation Paperclip and Hail Hydra. So it's really not surprising that even teenage boys are interested in your writing, Steve. Now, what I also found so very interesting, and you just touched on Black Sun, the SS was immersed in a cult. The swastika itself was a devilish Sanskrit symbol. And clearly, as your book so astutely brings out, he was possessed by evil. It's confounding to me these demonic powers that are creating a genetically superior Nazi super race breeding program, if you will, like Lebensborn. Russ Dizdar is going to get into that more on the Thursday show. But you really connect the dots with all this and the Uberman. This really is a trifecta of hellish horror when you combine eugenics and satanic occultism with the dark arts and you fuse that in with the angel tech. I mean, this, it's incredible, Steve. It is. And, and here's the thing. I, I, and thank you for sharing that about your son's friend. I can tell you, I have 13-year-olds reading my stuff that are teaching their parents. I mean, you know, because they can grasp some of these concepts. Everything in the video world has now gone from basically even the fantasy realm into what I would call uh, the worshiping of death realm, okay? Yes. Because they're glorifying death. Death is now the biggest, if you will, topic. Look at it. it and it started out pretty much in the genre of uh, murder mysteries and stuff. Then it's gone. Now it's intergalactic. It's interspecies. It's interdimensional. And by the way, you mentioned Ubermensch, the Superman. You can't go, anybody, I, I challenge you, you think this stuff is crazy? Type in DARPA, D-A-R-P-A. And so the, uh, the idea of super soldiers, and I don't know if people saw, but I think one of the channels on TV showed that the reason the Germans were able to fight is they loaded them up on basically speed until the, they, you know, they couldn't handle anymore and the, the German soldiers on the front lines especially, you know, they were supercharged until their bodies rejected any more pharmaceuticals. So the Germans really, really juiced up their boys. Now, we do that too. You know, I've talked to Navy SEALs, spec op guys. who They're working to basically get a super soldier that doesn't get tired, that if he gets wounded, he heals himself. If he can't pull himself off the battlefield, the robot in the drone or the drone is telling the robot to go pick him up. But it's a higher form of killing, okay? And it's a better form of killing. And Jesus said, see, here's where the word of God is so magnificent. Here's where the Lord's expression is so amazing. If the days weren't shortened, there'd be no flesh left alive. Yeah. I remember, Sheila, and, you know, look, I, I love this statement. Well, if you can't stand the heat, Quail, get out of the kitchen. I said, some of you have never even entered into uh, a place where there's a Bunsen burner. <laughs> when you're in the kitchen for 25 years, taking, you know, what from every direction, trying to uh, sidestep. When I say sidestep, not the issue, just the, the desire of a lot of entities to shut a person up. It's fascinating to me because you know what it's like on the front lines. When you wrote your book, Green Gospel, I don't think people understand how important that is. You guys, you can read about the four horsemen of the apocalypse and the pale horse is Chloros, and basically Sheila's showing you the whole mindset that they've ridden in on, and they worship the creation rather than the creator, the living God. And now, isn't it funny, Sheila, that humanity is being vilified? You know, the whole thing of singularity. All this stuff was Hitler's thing. Let me just go through a couple things that are critical. Again, when you talk about the Third Reich, when you talk about everything they were into, when you talk about the Nazi stargates and how those led to CERN, when, when the dates and names of the people, for instance, you know, I date it and I name all the names, and it's a who's who of American industry that pretty much financed the Third Reich. What makes people believe that their financing of the Third Reich and all of the benefits they receive from it ever stopped. You see, that's where people, people stop. These guys don't stop. Lights and crystals, thought projection. 
Uh, didn't you find that interesting on thought projection, how that literally the crystalline structure of specific forms of quartz and glass can not only act as a storage medium, but it can act as a projector. Didn't you find that interesting? That's chapter 16. Yes, well, I found it very interesting, that chapter 16, in more than one way, Steve, because the thought amplification, resonant frequencies, sound weapons, government crystals, frightening technology that these guys were into. And on the heels of that, think about all the artifacts that Hitler wanted. He was on a complete quest to find the Holy Grail, the Ark of the Covenant. It's like a real-life Indiana Jones expedition. Why did Hitler want religious artifacts? And then let's tie this in with the Nazi stargates, whether it's Greek mythology, ancient Sumerian myth, Icelandic folklore, or Celtic fairy tales. The one common theme woven throughout is types of universal portals, stargates. This is dark occultic secrets. It's funny, your book mentions a character that I tied into my book, Heimlich Himmler. You know, in fact, again, the SS letters themselves were iconically stylized after lightning bolts borrow from a mystic called Guru von Lies, pan-German nature mysticism called Ariosophy, it means wisdom of the Aryans. And it was both a anti-modern, anti-Semitic, apocalyptic Norse mythology slash paganism, eugenics, and ecology. The truth is that the National Socialism was an ancient fertility cult brought up to date under the scientific guise of eugenics where People were to make sacrifices and be sacrificed for the fecundity of nature, powerful eugenics measures. Oh, absolutely. And again, it never stopped. See, that's what that's the thing. I'll give you a good example. We are dealing with the Nazi swastika and the multi thousand year old use of it. Symbols are used to invoke feeling, emotion, and in the old days, actual spirits. Yeah. A symbol is basically a sign. That sign is designed to draw attention. And that's why, and I'm, I don't want to go into it, but that's why you see all these weird things in satanic rituals with magic circles and uh, a pentagram. I call it the Pentagon, same thing. The bottom line <laughs> is the pentagram. And the, and the thing that's interesting to me, Sheila, is, is that just a little while ago, and I, I don't know the exact date, I'm thinking six to eight months, so I apologize to your listeners if I'm off, maybe even a year, but there was a, a space symposium from all over the world that met to discuss the future of space, interplanetary travel, blah, blah, blah. And the Hindu government of India showed up with some remarkable plans. These were plans for the Vimana, I'll spell it, V as in victory, I-M-A-N as in Nancy, A, or November, A, Alpha, Vimana flying machines. They knew they had the plans. Now, we're talking 6,000-year-old plans, okay, for how to build them, how to fly them, and how to build the fuel that fueled them. You go into the ancient Indian texts and the ancient Vedas, and, you know, like their stories that they have, and they talk about thermonuclear warfare before anybody ever postulated that there was a nuclear, uh, that you would add nuclear to warfare before they even knew that not contemporary man was dealing with particle physics. So how do you explain that? By the way, they are laughed at. I bet you secretly they're all going, those guys got it, you know. The, and and I, as I've shared before on Coast to Coast and other places, a lot of special operations isn't just about taking out bad guys in Iraq, Afghanistan, wherever, Libya. It's searching for the ancient artifacts. One of the most famous ones, and, and, and Hitler actually had it in his possession, was the spear of Longinus. Longinus was a Roman centurion who pierced Jesus' side when Jesus was on the cross. Obviously, blood and then water. Why is it? Here's a question I want to ask everybody. Why is it that the biggest stories in the world are centered around the reintroduction of Mein Kampf after 70 years? Why is it that today, being on uh, New York Times either day or yesterday, I just put up on my website, the two of the richest billionaires in the world are their father's history of the Nazis. You want to go after billionaires and fathers, you know, it would surprise people to understand what Prescott Bush's, you know, George Bush's first president's father was involved in. And, I mean, we're talking about the Nazi financial empire 
being run out of New York. Uh, fascinating because even Anthony Sutton, before he died, wrote a book called Wall Street and the Bolshevik Revolution. I would say this, that the evidence, and this thing is highly footnoted in my book, this thing, is, you can't argue with it. You may not like it. You may be terrified. You may want to swear at the messenger, me. You may, you know, just say this can't be true. But at the end of the day, it is true. And see, she, I think, again, this is God's goodness. People will believe a lie until they're confronted by the truth. At the point they're confronted by the truth, that's where their free will kicks in. And I got to tell you, I see the United States as totally being given over, totally, to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. When I see the absolute abject silence of, let's say, the Hollywood left concerning gun control. Meanwhile, they say nothing about the 200-plus armed camps of terrorists in this country. And why is it that they say so little about the women? And I don't know if you read that article I wrote, but I came up with a new term, rapageddon, okay? And what Europe is experiencing right now is basically rapageddon. And it's tragic that so many, uh, if you will, thinking, or I, that's not fair, uh, presumably thoughtful people, maybe that's too kind, actually it's inane mouthpieces for hell, there's accuracy, won't even draw the logic conclusion that men, women, and children are being butchered worldwide under this horrific slaughter of Islam, and they're, you know, it's fascinating, you see it, and yet, guess who the Nazis felt, guess who Hitler like more than anybody in the world. Well, you've read the book, you know. <laughs> he loved He loved who? Go ahead and tell. Uh, Muslims? <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, he, he basically did. thought that they were the best killing machine at the time. And I say this, I'll tell you a fascinating story. This is something I've never spoken on. I don't believe on talk radio. We'll break it on your show. After hearing me on a certain, I think it was either Doug show, Hagman show, Hagman and Hagman or Coast to Coast, I got contacted by a former special operations guy. This guy has trained people all over the world. He's trained the richest people's bodyguards. And obviously I knew the answer to this, but he sent me an email. He has said, Steve, do you know what I find interesting? He said, what is the book on all their bookshelves pulled out? And he, he counted the difference. For instance, if there were 20 books on a shelf, Mein Kampf was in the middle. He said he could not believe that the symbolism and also the message sent was these guys basically are telling you who's running the world. People say, I don't believe Hitler could be still alive. You don't know. Joseph Mengele, Dr. Death, was so adept at twinning, T-W-I-N-N-I-N-G, that his total focus after that was cloning. And whether people can receive this or not, Sheila, Ten years ago, I was told by multiple star generals that human cloning had, was already a fait accompli, meaning the, the feat had been accomplished, and that they could accelerate. People say, well, it'd take them 30 years to produce a 30-year-old. Nah, not right. They don't understand what the cellular division is, or mitochondria, to make that statement. So they were able to clone actually clone human beings. Now you read about downloading memories, reading memories, all of the brain scan, blah, blah, blah. That's all cover for what's already been done. So in the world of clones, the real one, in other words, if Sheila, you were the real one, let's say they had a clone of you, or let's say I'm, I would be called the actual, and the other one would be called the dupe. People have done that before in history, because especially kings were worried that someone might want to try and kill them, and so they obviously wanted to have someone else killed. I knew of multiple generals that had, uh, you know, dupes. People still can't believe that. Yet, if they read any day, if they go to Tom Horn's website, skywatchtv.com, Tom does, in my opinion, he's got the best website for genetic engineering stuff and super soldiers, and he and I are on the same page. Just He's taken uh, uh, one highway, I'm taking the other highway, but when we bring our roads together, that uh, intersection, I mean, it is a total supernaturally wicked demonically inspired plan to destroy all human beings on the earth. So when we get into this, you know, Hitler's occult secrets. It's interesting. I, I promise you, I did not lay the chapter out with that. That's how it laid out. I think it's God's hand. 17 in biblical numbers, not numerology, but in biblical numbers means preservation in the midst of judgment.
Chapter 18, uh, Wagner, Darwin, Nietzsche, Hitler. When Wagner's music would play, it was a reverse of King David playing his harp to uh, cause evil spirits in King Saul to subside. When Wagner would play, another entity would take over Hitler. He would supposedly have images of what the world under the Aryan kingship would be. And by the way, he built a city that would have no human scale. The reason he built that city in plans is to basically, for the day the giants come back. I posted that on my website, and I want to draw your leader's attention. I have felt so prompted. I will have a new link up on my right side of my page. This isn't a promotion. It's just a, I'm going to put all the Hitler stuff under there. I made the statement, Sheila, that why is it after 70 years, 75 years, that all this stuff becomes public now? People don't understand that Hitler said the Prince of Hell inhabited him on the streets of Munich. People don't understand who Eckhart is and some of these other guys. Uh, did you find it interesting when the spirits that were expelled from a woman's birth canal started dictating and all the guys at a seance were taken down, all the mathematical stuff? Yes, and of course, Eckhart, it's so fascinating you touched on him, because he really brought Hitler into the, you talk about the Vril in your book, and the Thule Society, the 1919 Secret Occult Societies, the Joint Meetings in the Swiss Alps, the Freemason Connection, you know, George Bullworld, the Lytton, the father of Nazi doctrine, you, you know, look at Helena Blavatsky, Theosophical Society leader, Richard Wagner, inspiring Hitler, I mean, there's all those dark, deep, black, occult secrets and connections. And what you touched on, now this is fascinating, speaking of Tom Horn, do you remember the eye drops that his mom had? Well, guess what, Steve? Dow Chemical Company is actually the head of the company that produces these eye drops. So you've got General Motors, General Electric, DuPont, Standard Oil, fill in the blank, chemicals, petrochemicals, pharmaceuticals, you name it intimately involved with the development of Nazi Germany, the Wall Street elite, J.P. Morgan, Chase Bank, Rothschild, pick your Illuminati bloodline here. The money involved was mind-numbing. You mentioned Prescott Bush. During the 1920s, folks, Prescott Bush with Avril and Harriman, they finance Hitler, German Steel Trust. If it wasn't for these financial backers, Hitler could have never started World War II. The IG Farben connection is frightening because one of Hitler's main economic powers was that chemical cartel. And, and then Hitler was a Rothschild. If you look at Fritz's book, The Bloodlines, controlled by Illuminati and Rothschild interests, Satanism, the Vril again, you get into it, the SS connection. I mean, Steve, the, look at the U-boats designed to carry 80 tons of material. Well, that's pretty ideal when you're carrying anti-armament aircraft under the sea. You get into the Diglock, the Flug machine, interdimensional travel, anti-gravity. Page 115, I'm looking at this conceptualized painting of the Dorn. This is right out of a George Jetson. Well, it is. And here's the thing. I would tell you this, that George Jetson and even the Japanese space movies, which, by the way, I used to love and sit up all night and watch, you know, the Mysterians. And uh, if I ever did another book, and I'm not, uh, at this point, I don't see it because, Sheila, you know, here's the thing. The cartoons, Hollywood was being fed this stuff. For instance, the whole idea of implants, Christians can relate to it from 666, they can relate to it from the book of Revelation, but they probably aren't aware that in 1950, I think it's seven, Invaders from Mars, a black and white uh, show, was showing the aliens, which we would look as like lizard creatures, that were implanting, you know, people with these little electrodes at the base of their skull, and they, the people no longer had free will. They became automatons. You tell me how in 1957 some guy comes up with that unless somebody didn't tell him. People would be interested to know that Steven Spielberg has a collection of alien implants. He uh, basically, Tom Horn tells a story about his people tracked down Tom's sister, I believe it was, who had a uh, had a very situation, a very, if you will, uh, involved uh, encounter with aliens, and her encounter was of the worst kind. Tom knows firsthand about this stuff, meaning firsthand because of a of, of family relative, and I was told by multiple generals that, and by the way, I have no contact with them anymore. At my request, 
stated, I can't do this anymore. And why? Because, Sheila, people won't believe what you tell them, okay? And I said, God called me. If they're listening, they listen to everything, so they'll know. If God called me to warn the people of God, and I can't be sure of what is able to be shared, what isn't, because obviously I don't, you know, sit with a script and talk, then I said, I don't want to know. So the point being is it got so far out, and I mean, look, you know, people tell me this all the time. You know more than you're telling. You know what my answer is? You show me what you've done with what I've already told you or written about, and then I'll see if you're faithful with what you've been given. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? And look, here's the thing. You could interview, and God bless you, and, and may the Lord direct your path on every guess, but unless it's redemptive, what good is it? Unless yeah. it, I'm speaking generally, not just to you, Sheila. This is where I'm at in my own life. So here's what I'm going to do, and I, and I haven't broken this news yet, but I'll break it with you. I really feel called to go into a basic Bible study and building a small TV set up in a warehouse. And I believe the Lord said, I want you going back on, uh, you know, Friday night, and I, I had a successful Friday night Bible study that was just mind-blowing. People from all over the state came into it because God was there. And he said, I want you to teach my people my words, Steve. Now, when I do a Bible study, I want everybody to know I am very slow, I'm consistent, and I go by notes, okay? The idea, Sheila, is people don't know God. They don't know who Jesus is. They don't know the basis of faith. They don't know anything. They'll, they'll have a creed or they'll have a, uh, say, shallow statement, but look, to the depth you know Jesus is the depth he can release you to bless others. My major frustration in life, I'm like, what am I now, 64 times 3, 192 years old, okay? I only say that because <laughs> I live at three times the speed of life. Uh, and somebody says, oh, well, that's, that's being foolish. Uh-uh. People say, how can you do all this stuff? It's because I don't stop. I know I'm up against the clock. Here's the clock. Not only that, you know, whatever age the Lord takes me home, he takes me home. But the point is, I take the words of serious Jesus seriously. The night comes when no man can work. I want to share this. So, you know, as soon as I can get the funds together and, you know, it's, it's expensive, you've got to hire people. Putting me with electronics is like putting, uh, you know, I, I don't even know if there's anything bad enough to explain. I can't fix stuff or put stuff together. I can only break stuff, okay? So the thing is, is that I hope to have it on the air by mid-February. Tim Alberino and I will be doing a weekly show on ancient civilizations and how it's biblically relevant. And here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. The whole purpose of Empire Beneath the Ice wasn't just to tell you how I can make the claim that we lost World War II, but don't you think Sheila does a really good job of showing people what we're headed for? Yeah, I've read a lot of books on this, and you've connected dots here that no one else has. So, And this is what we're heading for, because the question you come away with this book is, how did Hitler come into possession of such advanced technologies? Well, here's a news flash. And speaking of Tim Alberino, you guys have detailed this so nice in True Legends, the documentary film series, Technology the Fallen. It all ties in really well. And here it is. I'm going to steal this from Steve Quayle and add my own. So I've coined a new phrase, Caligula level circus ridiculous. How do you like that? Oh, I love it. By the way, uh, the, the Pope's announcement, and you can't even separate the Vatican from the Nazis, you know? No. And isn't it interesting this Pope is an Argentinian, isn't he? Yeah, not only that, he's the first Jesuit Pope, so I'm sure that's yep. no... Yeah, and, 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 and the uh, Jesuits, they, they would sign their signature SJ, okay, instead of JS, you know? Yeah. And a lot of the stuff they did in kind of an occult symbolism, but I call, I call this Pope... When he speaks, I say, those are Lucifer's lips flapping, okay? Or I also came up with another, by the way, Sheila, do invent words. I put it up in my rape again statement that the words that we're accustomed to have been so distorted and destroyed and minimalized that to invent a word, it's just like meow men. That thing's all over the world now. Yeah. And the word uh, immigrants are not immigrants, they're invasionists, okay? They are flat-out invasionists. So what people are starting to, oh, here's a great, maybe in the title, I should shut up. I won't say I won't write any more books, but unless God lays it really heavy on my heart, uh, like he did this one, you know, uh, Dragon's Breath. What can you expect from uh, the EU meetings or the Pope? By the way, the Pope is coming to Texas 
mid-February. Now, I think it's El Paso, which has the largest Catholic population. This pope has spoken about the potential for his assassination, and I just pray that that doesn't take place in Texas, because we all know, we all know who hates Texas more than anything else, and the entity does. And with uh, God bless Governor Abbott standing up and the Texas spirit standing up and standing against the nonsense, you know, anything is possible. If you can conceive it, it's possible. But that's where prayer comes in. We can pray for Governor Abbott. And he's one guy I do pray for. Uh, you know, we can pray uh, that it doesn't take place as a planet. Look, I don't believe I can stop anything, but I believe I can make a difference in eternity by speaking to people that absolutely will uh, have a different outcome in eternity. So with Lucifer's lips, that's the Pope speaking, with dragon breath that's what all these announcements coming out of the EU and the UN you know I, I got to tell you something we're not approaching the end we are at the end I don't know you know when when everything starts but the trumpets have started up again you probably have seen that more strange sounds from the sky and I tell people what makes you think the trumpets sounding from heaven are going to sound like Louis Armstrong, you know? You know what I'm saying? Because everybody has a mental picture of what a trumpet sounds like, you know, or, or Dizzy Gillespie or anybody who, who's a great uh, player of those instruments. The point is, is that everything's going down. Hailstones, now they're increasing in size. We're seeing literally uh, uh, water turn to blood. Someone said, well, it's only algae. I said, yeah, but isn't it interesting? They never had that outbreak before until these times, yeah. you know, or, or, or winds. And, and judgment is on this planet. And the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And he is the one who sits in the heavens and will laugh. He's the one that will laugh because mankind has said, we don't need you. And unfortunately, America said that. There is no political solution to America's problem. I am a Trump guy. I'll announce it. You know, I said it on coast to coast. But without God's people repenting, without God's people turning around, a man can't make a difference, especially when you have people that are so high up in the world of the occult. When they make their play, you want to get out of their way. My, my motto is, Sheila, if everyone else wants to be ignorant you, want, ignorant, you don't want to be where they're at. And I believe this book, Empire Beneath the Ice, historically will turn out to be the most important book I have ever written on geopolitics, military, and financing. You know, obviously, Genesis 6 Giants in that world is. But this is that critical. I urge everybody to go to my website, stevequail.com, and get it. Because, again, I don't distribute my books usually through distributors or anything. Maybe I've got two. But the reason I do this, and I don't do electronic format. You know why? Because I'm convinced that at some point, EMP or whatever, everything that's on uh, electronic format will disappear. So that's why I don't do it. You know, like I always say to people, they always inundate me with emails. Oh, you know, life is getting so hard. And I say, hey, when life gets too hard to stand, kneel. We ought to all be on our, our knees in prayer with the lateness of the hour. Steve, this is an incredible book. People, go on stevequail.com. Right on the right-hand side, you can see the graphic. Click on it, order it. 22 chapters of mind-numbing. I actually read it twice, and I'll tell you, even at the ski hill when I was, my son was snowboarding last Sunday, I was reading it again. I had five people come up to me interested in the book. So, again, Steve, just your books are always so timely, incredible. And it's incredible how I've linked some of the Nazi stuff in Green Gospel. Again, Hitler was the first environmentalist. And what's fascinating, as you said, is the tentacles of all this is very interconnected, very demonic. Again, folks, get Steve's book. Incredible. And Steve, of course, in the waning moments, final thoughts. Well, final thoughts is I love it because what you just said, the place that we all need to be is on our knees and on our faces before God and obviously crying out to the Lord. 
the judgment is pronounced. There are people that pray and say, join with me in a prayer that God won't judge America. I can't. He told me not to pray for America five years ago. The idea that to whom much is given, much is required is before all of our eyes. And here's where I'm at, Sheila. I don't know if I've got a day, a month, a year, two years. I don't know that. But I do have this month, and if everybody will pray today, Lord, who's a, who's a believing believer, say, Jesus, bring me somebody across my path who I can make a difference in their life by sharing you. I promise you that is the uh, prayer of the hour, and God's angels will see that that is carried out because they are heirs to those who are minister, ministering to those who are heirs of salvation. Sheila, God bless you. Thank you for the opportunity to be on. God bless you too, Steve. Thanks, folks. That was the one and only Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com. Do get a copy of Empire Beneath the Ice, How the Nazis Won World War II. Fascinating book and a great gift. I don't know anybody who wouldn't find this completely fascinating. They say the History Channel's Hunting Hitler is the number one show on that channel right now. So there's an interest. Very well chronicled. There's nothing like it. Don't forget, tomorrow we have a fantastic show with Miss Carla Butad and a surprise guest is stopping by Thursday, Russ Dizdar. We're going to pick up on some of this topic and the one and only, the voice of evangelism, Pastor David Langford for a very powerful show. You're going to want to listen all week. Great lineup. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast from around the globe. Good night and God bless.